Today we continue our Advent theme and as uh, we remember the first Advent, the coming, Advent means coming, the coming of the Son of God, Jesus, both fully God and both fully human, we pause today to open ourselves up to the coming, the Advent of Jesus um, into our world and into our lives afresh today. And so with that in mind, let me pause for a moment to pray. Jesus, we thank you that we have an opportunity to reflect once again around your word and to be mindful of what, it wants, uh, what you want to say to us through your word today. As we open up your word, may we also symbolically, but also in a, in a real way, open up our lives to what it is that you want to say to us today. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to our spirit deep to deep and that you would move, you would brood amongst us, and that you would birth your word afresh in us today. Amen. Well, last week, Lynn McCredden um, invited us to consider hope and the prophetic role of uh, the, the thoughts around hope and uh, as it's captured in the Bible and in our church and in our world today. And next Sunday... Um, as John mentioned, uh, Mary and I will be in Queensland for a wedding where I'll have the privilege of uh, marrying our adopted niece, Monique, and her fiancé, Daniel. So while Mary and I are in Queensland, we fly up on Thursday, we fly back on uh, Monday, uh, but while we're away over, that week, over this next weekend, Lynette Leach will be coming to share with us again and she'll be sharing with Northern about the, the Advent theme of joy. Today, we pause for a few minutes to consider the Advent theme of peace. So, what comes to mind when you consider the theme of peace? Now, I'll be interested in hearing your thoughts, so I'll grab the microphone in just a moment, and we'll race around and, and hear some of your thoughts about peace. Um, but Perhaps a scene like this that you can see on the screen of Mary with the baby Jesus in her arms, the precious bond between mother and son and maybe you've shared moments um, as a parent with a child and really experienced a deep sense of peace in those moments. For me, with thoughts of going to Queensland, I was reminded of Harrison who's on the left there and his old, two older sisters, Jacqueline, on the left, and then Monique on the right holding the, uh, the teddy. Uh, and Monique's the one that's getting married this Saturday. And these were such peaceful scenes that I just had to take a photo of, of these kids when they were so young and just think, yep, they don't stay like that, do they? So what comes to mind for you? When you think about um, themes of peace and... and uh, ideas of that, what, what comes to your mind when you think of the word peace, a time in your life where you've experienced a real sense of peace? Just pop up your hand and I'll race around with a microphone and love to capture some of your thoughts on that. I'll come, I'll come to you. You're free of troubles. So free of troubles, yeah. yep, yep. Others, Paul? Just one word, serenity. Serenity, okay, yep. So... I'm going to push back a little bit. Have you experienced serenity or a time of serenity in your life? And, and what was that like? And there was, what was it like? 
we were at peace, we were happy, and uh, moments when we felt closer to God. Yep. Okay, great. Yep. I'll come around. Thanks, Kaya. Healing? Healing. I am healed of God and the presence of God. Yep. Yeah, so it's healing. So healing for you, so experiencing that healing in your life. Wonderful. Yep. Now, did I see a hand there, Robert? Did you put Yep, yep. I found God and I know that everyone, like my family, friends, are being looked after. Yep. You know, I don't have to worry about stressing out about them. Yep, okay. So the peace of knowing that family and friends looked after because of God being um, you know, who he is and being sovereign and being able to trust that. Yep. Anyone else? I'll come back to you, Israel, in just a moment. I, I just wanted to say that um, just before my surgery recently, um, I just experienced this wonderful peace as I trusted God that whether I lived or whether I died, I'm his. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, Colleen. Thanks, Israel. Peace to me is um, one-off, is paying my last bill for this month. Ah, yes. <laughs> I have peace. Yeah, <laughs> anything. Ah, oh, it's done. I don't have to worry about bills. Okay. Len, and then we'll have one more up the back. It's wonderful, the prayers of this church, it, it does bring a lot of peace. No matter what happens and whatever, it does bring back a lot of peace. And um, as was spoken before, in surgery or whatever you're having, whatever, and I think with the peace that you have and the prayers that go with it, fantastic. Yep. Yeah, so thank you. The rainbow brings me peace. Yep. Um, no matter, you see that bow in the sky and you know that God is there present with you. Yeah, yep. Now Lorraine's got a lot of peace in her life because she's got a new puppy um, and so that brings her lots of peace. No war. No war, yep. People actually being nice to each other, clean water, mm. food and an education. Yep, okay, fantastic. Well, thanks for that. It's interesting how thoughts of peace uh, for people bring up different um, ideas and experiences of times when they've um, had that, that time. And it can be quite a, just a, a short moment. Uh, sometimes it can be peace that you feel longers for a, a bit uh, more than just those brief interludes. But for each one of us, we know that times of peace can be quickly overtaken by the challenges of life, like when you get your next lot of bills um, and you think, oh, here we go again, um, or whatever it might be. Kids grow up, walks in the bush end. The quiet start to the morning is broken by the telephone ringing or by a knock at the door. Peaceful sleep is interrupted by the snore of a partner or the sounds of a car in the street. In the busyness of life, we can long for peace. In a country occupied by foreign powers and in the absence of a treaty and the recognition of first peoples, there can be a cry for peace for troubled souls. The prophetic voice speaks to those troubled times. Words of comfort, words of hope, words that long for and look forward to peace. 
If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 in the Old Testament, following on from Lynn's message last week, we see here in this passage the prophetic voice of hope. Hope for a time of peace. Hope for one that would come, that would bring peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7, we read these words. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms blood-stained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Darkness and despair hung heavy on the air, not unlike the images that we see today of the smoke that blankets parts of Queensland and New South Wales. For the people of Israel, living under the weight of a foreign power was like a heavy blanket that suffocated the nation, stealing away freedom, stealing away future, stealing away peace. Yet in these dark times, the prophet dared to speak. The prophet dared to break the silence and utter words of hope. Words of peace. Darkness and despair would be exchanged for light and hope. Deep darkness that restricts will be replaced by great light that shines brightly to all. The rod that was once used to break the back of the oppressed itself will be broken. Boots and uniforms of war, fabric stiffened by the weight of war and the stains of blood, will not be washed, will not be readied to be worn again for the next battle, but instead these boots and uniforms will be burned, they'll be fuel for the fire, never to be worn again. The catalyst for change, the breakthrough from war to peace was prophesied to come, not through military might, or an atomic bomb, the change would come through a child. And not just any child, but the Messiah. For a child is born to us, a son 
is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. You know, today we can find ourselves longing for peace again. For First Nations people looking for peace in a broken political system. For a wife and a family subjected to the controls of subtle through to overt forms of violence. On Friday, at the invitation of the Department of Premier and the Cabinet and Multicultural Affairs, I attended a Preventing Family Violence and Faith Communities Forum. And it was interesting to see in there how faith leaders acknowledged the abuses of sacred texts to enforce and to hide family violence in faith communities, families where there is a longing for peace, for those bullied in schools, in universities, in workplaces, for those that experience disputes with neighbours, when Christmas time brings a cringe as we consider facing family feuds and the volatility of personalities and triggers, that can be a flashpoint of unrest. Today we can long for peace. We can even be prepared to hold up a placard and protest for peace. The Bible calls us not to be peacekeepers, but to be peacemakers. In Matthew chapter 9, in the New Living Translation, we read these words, that God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. As we seek to follow Jesus, the Prince of Peace, we are called not to be peacekeepers, not in some passive role of telling people to be quiet as they raise concerns or give voice to the pain or the conflict that they experience. Responses of keeping the peace can invalidate those that are experiencing pain, those crying out for peace in their troubled soul. We don't talk about those sorts of things here. We don't acknowledge the calls for peace because we're too busy trying to keep the peace. But the Prince of Peace reminds us in Matthew chapter 9 that God's blessing shows up, is showered on those who work for peace. And if you've ever had a conflict situation or have been involved in seeking peace when you've got warring parties, you know full well that there is a lot of work involved in trying to seek peace. But for those who invest in this precious work, those who are prepared to roll up their sleeves and get their hands dirty, for these people, they reveal something special about the DNA of Yahweh God. They reveal themselves as true kin of the King of Kings. They show themselves as children of God, the Prince of Peace. But peace is also a choice. Like Jesus, we cannot force peace on others. And note that in this verse, the blessing does not come. It's not acknowledged that you're, you become the children of God and it's not conditional upon their being peace, on achieving peace. 
For some, there is a deep-seated resolve to destroy the enemy, no matter what it costs. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, in his time on earth, did not end war. He did not end strife. But he ushered in a, uh, what he ushered in was an alternative way of living. Not passively sitting by, trying to keep the peace. But if anyone modelled it, then Jesus surely did. When he was prepared to lay down his life, put his life on the line to achieve the ultimate peace. Peace with God. And today, following Jesus' example, we can continue the work towards peace. Because in Jesus, we have received peace with God. We can then work toward peace in our world around us. We can pray for peace. We can protest for peace. We can sit opposite someone who is experiencing strife and listen to them and listen to their cry for help and work through what peace, what God-given peace might look like in their situation. One of the privileges I have is being invited into situations of great joy, like weddings, but also into those times of great turmoil, when there has been the loss of a loved one, when there's been apprehension around major surgery, when there's times of conflict and turmoil. There is a precious gift given to each follower of Jesus. In John Chapter 14, verse 27, we read, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The Holy Spirit that lives inside every follower of Jesus does not sit dormant waiting to be woken up, but rather lives inside, is, is, um, exists inside and speaks to us from within calling forth peace in us, calling forth peace out of us. If we choose to tune in, as it were, to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, and when we pray for peace, we connect with the very heart of God. We quicken the God DNA in us as we pray, seeking peace in the situations of life. We are gifted by Jesus with peace. Not peace that is experienced through an absence of conflict and strife, but the peace that God wants to manifest in and through us is in those times of trouble, in those times of conflict, in those times of strife. Peace that is not found in some self-help book or by visiting some remote mountain, but peace that comes from a restored relationship with Jesus, born of flesh and loves to be fleshed out in and through us. John 16 verse 33 says this, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In those difficult situations that we face, those impossible times where the obstacle just seems insurmountable, that we just cannot overcome it, may we take heart, may we find peace in the knowledge that Jesus 
has overcome. That he has overcome the worst that the world could throw at him and all that evil could manifest against him. Jesus is victorious over the world. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from his, the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you that, that even though you don't promise us an absence of turmoil and war, you do promise us peace. Peace that passes understanding. Peace that is only found in you. And so, Jesus, for those here today, they have, whether it be the silent cries, the muffled, heartfelt ache for peace in their situation of life. Lord, whilst they can't force peace on others, Holy Spirit, may you richly dwell in them so that in the midst of turmoil and strife, that they might know afresh that you have overcome the world, that you are victorious, that you have promised them hope and a future and that they might know peace in you today. Amen. So how might we respond today? Well, there's just two simple things that I encourage you to reflect on today. In this Christmas season... Where do you invite the Prince of Peace to be at work in your life? Where are those situations, those touch points in your life where you long for peace for you personally? And then perhaps you might want to also consider in what area of life does God want you to be working for peace? Invite God to be at work as you write a prayer, um, as you want to see God outwork peace in this situation. There's going to be some music played and I invite you to respond to the things that God's laying on your heart today. God bless you.